0: Welcome to fright school. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to fright school. Oh my gosh, it's been we were off for a week, so I have missed you so much, Joe. It's been a couple weeks since we've since we've chatted. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm ready. Um, you know, a cabin in the woods, even at this, at this point, I would be fine with that. And, and most people like, like our, like our guests today knows that I'm like vehemently against nature. I would, I would totally be down to go anywhere other than my office or my house. And so, yes, welcoming today, uh, Dear friend, um, Zakia Kabir, web programmer, awesome, rock and activist. I've learned so much from from this human being over the over the years of uh, of, of of knowing them. Welcome, Zakia.
1: So glad to be here. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Damn we dark. have
2: been we've been wanting to do we've been wanting to do this specific film with you for a while. So I'm very excited that we get to do that.
1: Yeah, it's yes. been over a year because I remember <laughs> I, it was for a wedding that I was coming down for that I was going to do it. And that wedding was over a year ago.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. See how things go. You know, we have. Just so you know, like it's not you. There's like a list of people who have been <laughs> waiting for like. <laughs> when are you going to do that movie? And when am I going to talk about it? It's like it's going to come. It's going to come. It's like I we're waiting no, for no, conditions. No, nothing personal.
1: <laughs> the fates would decide when the appropriate time was, and I would be there to answer the call. So I'm good.
2: <laughs> the that. ancient ones have spoken. So <laughs>
1: yes. here we are
0: yes they have all right but before we uh get into all of that what's what's been going on any uh anything uh (laughs) happening in your your rooms (laughs) 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 whoa something's going on somewhere outside
1: (laughs) Uh, the lights of downtown san diego yeah Um, yeah nothing nothing's happening <laughs> nothing right i, I <laughs> for a
2: moment oh, that maybe something was happening but it turns out nothing is happening right it's like oh hold on
0: nope it was nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh has anybody been watching anything anything new anything old what are we revisiting I was reading this interesting, uh, there was like a meme or something going around Facebook about um, like anxiety watching and like the comforts of like watching a show that you've seen a million times or a movie, you know, just because you know the ending of it. So curious, is that happening for anyone?
1: (laughs) That usually doesn't work for me because um, my brain goes a million miles an hour. And so I'll like only half watch the thing and still be thinking about all the problems of life. So I really need Ah. to be watching something new. (laughs) um yeah 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 i I mean that show miss america that you recommended watching that has been interesting um it's, it's it's better than i thought it would be um more getting into the nuances of um the fight for the era and a lot of it seems very familiar if you're in the activist world like you know the people who used to be radicals becoming conservative and um, just trying to get stuff done, and meanwhile, they leave people behind. It's all very, very um, universal. Keeps happening. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're watching. Are you all caught up, or you're, or did you watch yeah, the right. Bella episode?
1: Yes, I did. I'm all caught up. I saw awesome. the, sexy, uh, the sexy lesbian episode, and I also saw... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, and this last one, too. <laughs> Ooh, sexy lesbian episode. Well, count yeah. me in. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, have you been watching?
0: Have you been watching Mrs. America?
2: No. Okay. Because... Well... I, I, <laughs> yeah. I know you're doing a
0: million other things, but...
2: I I am. Um, Which is, like, sometimes I feel very... like I feel a little... Uh, like, a pang of guilt when I say, like, yeah, I'm actually fairly busy. Um, And people are like, oh, you don't have time to do this? I'm like, no, because I, like, record, like, three other podcasts, and I host (laughs) trivia on Friday nights, which requires me to, like, write things. And I'm, like, it's like, yeah, so I'm, I'm still fairly busy. And then when I'm not doing that stuff, I'm like... Watching other things, Reba um, and Monk. Reba and Monk, <laughs> and um, I'm done with Reba. Actually, I'm oh. taking a I'm taking a break with Monk. Um, I taking a break with Monk. I uh, last weekend I took our weekend off to like watch and get caught up on like all of drag television. Uh, yes, <laughs> because. The Pantheon. So, like, I caught up on RuPaul's Drag Race. I did RuPaul's Drag Race Secret Celebrity. I did that HBO show We're Here with Bob, Shangela, and Eureka. And then I even did... And this is the one that I'm just, like... I The one that, like, I love the most because it's so cuckoo bananas is Dragnificent on um, TLC and basically it's a makeover it's a TLC makeover show which i kind of like personally really love TLC makeover shows but it's like four drag queens that come and basically help out um a woman with her like upcoming special occasion so it's like it's like queer eye but it's not queer eye but it's kind of like queer eye and they have Thorgy Thorgy Thor Jujubee um Bibi Zahara Benay And Alexis Michelle. And it's just, like, the four strangest collection of queens to, like, go and, like, do something for a straight woman in, like, middle America. (laughs) And it's just, like, it's, it's, like, oh, God, I don't want to, I'm going to say it because it's some, there are times where I feel like, is this the drag equivalent of, like, watching someone be an Uncle Tom? Like, (laughs) is this... (laughs) Like, because it's like you know, oh, we're getting the first ep, first episode, right? We're ge- the it was a wedding, and the the bride was like, you know, we're getting married. She was a female wrestler, and she had to deal her entire life with being like too masculine, that she never felt feminine and never felt like that she felt like she was missing on something. So we had these drag queens coming and teaching her. Let like, no, not only. Does she not need to feel like she's gonna, you know, to conform to an idea of femininity? But like, you know, they wanted to show her different things. So I'm like, okay, I I agree with all of that. And then you get to the part where they actually have the wedding, and she's like, I have to, I have to tell you this crazy thing. Um, we're getting married in like a Catholic church in the middle of America, and I would really appreciate it if you didn't show up in drag.
1: <laughs> and
2: I was like, what? <laughs> And then, um, and then and then and then Thorgy of all people was like, Of course, dear. Like, you know, we'll, you know, and they're like, I'm so happy that the Queens were respectful. And I'm like, it's yes, so nice. I'm like, are we all watching the same show? Like the people it it just like watching all of this drag TV just further reinforced the idea that like drag television is not for queer men it's or queer people i should say it is for straight white women and their mothers (laughs) (laughs) because it was like i love i love drag queens i love the drags and i'm like uh (laughs) i'm like i'm just sitting there like oh my god uh so anyway that was like i was having to deal with that also at the same time it's just like Watching Bibi Zahara Benet, like, be an event planner for a wedding in middle America is the best. Because she's just, like, the most... She's one of my just favorite out-there kind of queens. And, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's what I've been dealing with. The <laughs> problematics of drag television. Well, honey, I mean... We are being
0: welcomed to this experience in a way that, I mean, has been true for a long time. Like queer people have been shaping art and culture in lots of ways. But this is very much a one of those situations where it's like, it's very obvious. It's not just dance or a particular type of music or, you know, this is like, you know, imagery, the whole thing of like drag. And it is, it is taking like, we like this part of it, but we still don't like you. And obviously that happens um, I mean, obviously, I would say with black culture all the time, white people put it on and use it to further their music careers or further their art while demeaning and and separating it from the people that create the the original um uh art or what you know whatever so i I don't know I mean, I just feel like the more mainstream drag gets, the more that's going to happen, where it's like no i I love drag. But I don't particularly like gay people, you know, or I don't particularly like queer. Like, I don't want you to present this way at this space, you know? Yeah. Which I mean, it's still I mean, drag is also very different from being like a trans person as well. Like it's one like that's also very different. Uh, but I, I I get what you're what you're saying in the sense of like
2: them. Oh no, we love drag queens, uh, but
0: <laughs> you know, but like good.
2: you know, don't go don't come to my Catholic wedding. And and they it was so I thought it was a nice pivot in the show where it was like you know we. We, we were, you know, we didn't show up to drag in the ceremony, but she didn't say anything about the reception. And then they like did a full on like musical number at the reception. And so I was like, okay, like there's a, that's like a little bit of a way to subvert it. But I just thought it was such a, it was such a weird plot point to just even bring that up. Like why in the editing did they think that that would be like something to even show? Like just show them in, like, just show them in their male clothes, you know. And the boy clothes at the, at the ceremony and then changing later, like there was no real reason to do, uh, to do that to me. I, I, it was just strange, which is why I appreciate show of uh, the, sh- uh, we are here because at least it addresses like the complicated aspects of queer identity and like heteronormativity and, um and masculinity and all of that. And it's a little more inclusive of who they're bringing to the table as far as like, to do like the drag show. Um, so yeah. But again, I mean, just like with most of the things I watch on TLC, there's, it's just this kind of underlying, like conservative Christianity mm-hmm. that <laughs> in everything and, and fat phobia. Like it's just, yeah. 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 But yes, but I am taking a break from Reba and Monk. Cause I've started watching, um, I started uh, rewatching the Harry Potter series um so now i've uh i'm on i'm on movie four um oh no i'm on movie five um i skipped movie two because that's the one i think is my least favorite and sucks the most uh but yeah so that's what that's what i'm doing y'all excellent (laughs) (laughs) wow we just we'd like at a whole
0: like journey in those like 5 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I any comments on anything any anything are you watching Dragnificent?
1: I don't watch I pretty much watch zero reality television and zero drag shows. Um, yeah. I watched a little bit of Queer Eye um when I was having a sad time last summer. Um mm-hmm. and uh and in a way and, and the, the new queer eye and it was better than I thought I was I, it would be and I, teared up sometimes um but I haven't yeah after that I think that's the only thing I've really watched in ages
0: yeah yeah in that realm
1: yeah I think it'd be interesting to have a reality show that was kind of about the like more I mean the drag queens we know right like the that are mm-hmm. you know by day is, you know, just, you know, you're, they got jobs, they got to do stuff. And then at night, there's this performance. Um That's awesome and wonderful. But like, um yeah, it's like a complicated life, you know, like, marrying those things. Seeing people yeah. as full human beings. I'm into it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the full range of emotion.
1: Yes. The yeah, full
2: human experience. Yeah, We're Here
0: definitely, I think, touches a little on that. I've only seen a couple episodes so far. We're behind. Um, I think there's only three or four so far. Um, but it touches a little bit on that, the everyday lives of, like, just of queer people living in, you know, quote-unquote middle America, you know, which I do think is I, – I, it is exciting in some ways watching it. Um, our friend uh, Cecile um, – really enjoys it. She's talked about it a lot and she's very moved by it. And I go back and forth because sometimes I just have trouble in general, not (laughs) with emotions. Uh, No, with um, (laughs) with, uh, just some of the-
2: that, that big about it. Sorry it's okay.
0: Just some of it can be a little saccharine, you know. Sometimes yeah. it's a little, you know, where I'm just like, how much is this is like contrived? And how, you know, cause you, I've just, we've just grown up i'm very cynical of like reality television. So yeah. it's hard to know how much is a real, authentic experience happening. And, you know, these queens are there for a week. It's like, oh, I love you. I love you. You know, it's just, there's yeah. this intensity, you know, that I'm like, Ooh, I, you know, but. It is displaying something that's very, that like, I remember, you know, back when I lived in, in Ohio and, like, hung out with, you know, drag queens and, you know, had that whole, like, queer, you know, drag experience and, um, you know, seeing people that did have to work and did have th- these other really complicated things in their lives. Not that famous drag queens don't or the people that are on RuPaul's Drag Race. Obviously, they use tons of stuff for, you know, drama fodder. But this is just a very particular approach to telling that story that that is it is nice so i'm curious to see how that how it will continue to develop if it gets another season and you know they can so be I more real
1: i don't think i know the premise of the show is it a reality show or is it a um, it's like a docu-series style? docu-series and it's like people of. go and visit the midwest is that what they're doing they're
0: So it's, like, these three drag queens, they go in to put on a drag show in these, like, small towns, Mm -hmm. and they get, it's all, it's all over the place. So, like, they had one where this um, trans man and his wife had gotten married, but, like, their families didn't come, and it was a whole big drama. So they go in to, like, help facilitate that conversation Mm -hmm. and and help, like, try try to understand where people are coming from. I mean, it's very, it's a lot of that of sitting across the table from people who are, like, I love my daughter, but I don't like her, you know, that kind of thing. Or I love mm. my son, but I don't like this part of his life. You know, so it's it's a lot of that kind of thing. Like, they're all therapists all of a sudden going into these, you know, having these very intense conversations. Mm. You know, or again, same thing like talking to people like this kid who works at like the Mac counter or the Ulta Beauty counter, at, you know, some strip mall but has these, you know, dreams of bigger things. You know, so it's 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 all over the place. It's a lot of different mm-hmm. stories. Uh, so it's not just one
2: thing sorry the the one the one um um the one um storyline that i'm thinking of it's i think it's in the same episode as the um the trans man and his wife but there's uh one where it's like a mother who when her daughter came out to her as bi she like basically told her she was going straight to hell like flat out and then that created this rift between them but since then she's like since then she's like you know, seen the light, quote-unquote, and is, like, going to, doing P flag and free mom hugs at Pride and all this stuff. And so now she's, like, trying to, she's doing the drag show as a way to, like, reconnect and try to, like, prove herself, quote-unquote, to her daughter. And what I appreciated about the, about the series is that, you know, yes, you're, like, they were, like, I, they, like, were recognizing that, yes, the mother is trying to make a Like trying to make amends, but also at the same time, it's just like showing the very real thing about like sometimes those wounds take a long time to heal, and sometimes they never heal. And so Mm -hmm. it's like you thought you were, you thought that you were telling me things out of love when you told me that you hated me and wished I was dead. But you know, I'm also recognizing that I don't need that in my life, and you know, the safety and all of that. So it was like when the girl. When, cause they had like, she was living with her dad, and the dad was like, You don't have to go. And she's like, I'm not going. Like, I'm, she wants nothing to do with me. And that's great that she's doing all this stuff, but like, it doesn't replace the hurt. And I thought that that was very, I thought that was the most honest out of all the shows that I've been watching. I've been enjoying We're Here the most because I feel like they're coming from a real place of honesty when they're, when they're doing their emotional moments and with each, uh, each each performer and their like you know soon to be drag daughter mm-hmm. they went to like branson missouri and like were basically had the cops called them call on them uh, called on them a couple times when they were trying to find a theater to host a drag show
1: oh my goodness well
2: yeah so it's yeah. they're they're not as sh- they're, they're definitely showing like it's showing what like I don't think we're seeing in the TLC one, which is just like it's all they just roll into town and they're just all woo woo woo, you know, like like uh you know, queer Mary Poppins. And right. We're here is definitely showing the underside of that. Yeah. I would
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in other news, uh the Sam Scranch has been watching hoarders all morning. Oh no. Research? Yes. yes. Oh no! It, no, it is. It's terrible because, like, anytime that happens, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, do we need this cup? What is this cup here for? Comes <laughs> into my office. He's eyeing it suspiciously. <laughs> you have a lot of stuff. Why do you have all this stuff? I'm like, go turn off hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> That's been my morning. I got up, I made a lovely... I made some um, uh, chorizo and
2: eggs and potatoes, made a nice big breakfast,
0: and he's suspicious of my hoarding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's not bad yet because all the cats are still alive. And right. That's yeah. true. They're not, like, crushed under your magazines from 1995 or anything, so... <laughs> Which you probably <laughs> do scary. magazines from nineteen ninety five.
0: What is scary about that is I actually did just pull out because I have drawers, I have um box like uh those um what do you call them, the like mesh fabric boxes, you know, with like the little pull drawers, just mm-hmm. like IKEA kind yeah. of stuff. And I have them full of like comic books and magazines and things like that that I have kept since I was like a kid. Comics. Obviously, you know, collectible stuff, Mad Magazine cracked a bunch of like horror stuff. But then I did have a bunch of odd things just tucked in there that I'm like, why did I keep this? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I I threw away a whole bunch of stuff, which is how you know I'm not a hoarder. I find it very easy to throw things away. It just might take me time. (laughs) But that was that was what we were doing this morning. Mm Hmm.
2: What is this cup for? (laughs) Do we need this? Do you need this? Uh. It's I'm trying investment. very, um, I'm trying very hard. So like, I, I, as like, you know, fanciful and queer as I am, I feel like my, my inner heterosexual is like a tech, as like a tech bro. And so like, I'm trying very hard not to, I know <laughs> you both looked at me the ex, with the exact same expression <laughs> and okay. it was great. I'm um, curious where this is going to go. Well, I'm I'm like trying very hard to not like just purchase unnecessary like techie crap. Like, you know, do I need this like little dongle that's going to make it so that way, you know, I can like do a live cam content, not like an OnlyFans, but like a, you know, do content creation better. It's a dongle. Uh, so, I don't yeah. know. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> um, I feel like the two, like I've I've definitely bought myself like a smart light bulb. So, like, you know, now I can just say, like, you know, ring the alarm and it'll like, you know, lights will turn off anywhere because I'm just, you know, I just, ooh, automation and, you know, the singularity is happening. Well, no, it's when all of my devices turn on me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just like fighting the the chance to like you know make my room like even more automated, which is hilarious because like it's like, yeah, do you want to set do you want to have a setting so that way when you leave your house, it turns off your lights I'm like, I'm never leaving my house, so no, it's not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> no. Oh my I'm in so, like yeah, so- a totally different situation than both of you. I just I moved back down to San Diego last fall thinking I would move immediately um, uh, somewhere else and now I'm stuck. And so I have almost nothing and I'm like, maybe I should get some things cause I'm definitely going to be here a minute. So I bought a bed frame for the first time in my life. It's very exciting. It's like, wow, this will be super awesome yeah. if I can figure out how to put it together myself. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm working to make, <laughs> Uh, my life more comfortable and not more portable, which has been the goal for the last like year or so. So getting stuff.
2: Yeah. Are you, did you get like, um like just a straight platform or slats or?
1: I went with um, a box spring situation. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. cause again, I, as soon as I can, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> and it, it seems like slats just fall apart when you try to move them. And Mm-mm. it's a very pretty bed, and it's got designs. I think Joshua would like it. It's got, um, it's it's kind of gothy. I'll show you a picture. Oh, nice! Yeah, Ooh, It's okay. got, a, got like a pattern sort of thing, and it's black wood. So,
0: oh, do it. Sounds pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get some photos for me. I want to see.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> crazy up in here. So,
0: <sighs> well, oh, let's. COVID. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, COVID. oh the COVID. That's going to be the musical Joe writes out of this. Oh, COVID. <laughs> oh, man. Let's do the coronavirus shuffle. Um, so with a uh, few minutes uh, left before we take a break, I did want to uh, chat a little bit about um, horror with you, Zakiya. Um, you know, what, you, what your experiences with, the hor- with horror is. Do you remember the first horror film you ever saw?
1: Oh, I think it was Halloween, um, though I'm not sure cause I was, uh, I think I was like nine or something and okay. I was at my, I was at my cousin's house and I learned later on that my, uh, my aunt, uh, had a habit of doing things that my parents did not approve of and I'm sure watching this horror movie was one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it scares the bejesus out of me and I couldn't sleep for a while. Um, uh, but, um, um, af, once I got to be more teenage-y, I um, just sort of wanted to, I just got into film generally. So I always wanted to sort of, um, know the history of film. So I've watched like a bunch of old horror movies and stuff like that throughout the years, but I've never, it's never been my go-to genre, but I'm not scared of it. Like a lot of people, I've seen most of the classics, most of the big films don't really like the torture porn stuff. Yeah. The funnier it is, the more likely I am to watch it. Like, um, I l- really like, um, the Freddy Krueger series. Like, it's more my thing than, like, uh, Friday the 13th, you know? Like, so, mm-hmm. yeah, um. it's a bit campy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's my, that's my story. I worked in a movie theater for, I worked in an indie movie theater for, like, four years and, um a less indie movie theater for two. So I got to just see a lot of movies. Um and horror is just like I feel like it's part of my film studies uh, <laughs> uh interests um all tied up in there.
0: So Very cool. Was that um here in California or when You I worked, worked at the at- theater?
1: I worked at um an independent movie theater in Baltimore called the Charles which is one of okay. those like it whenever you see profiles of indie films in the US the Charles comes up and um yeah it was just owned by this guy and his uncle Charles and uh Buzz and um John and it was it was fun it was a true indie place and um at one point I got paid to watch tech screenings I was the manager. I know way too much about the the uh, cost of popcorn and all that silly stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's awesome.
0: I don't think we've ever had. Uh, I don't think anybody. Have we ever had anybody on the show that actually worked at a at a theater of any sort? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably, probably, yeah, probably. Just, maybe it just didn't come up.
1: Laura and I both worked at the Landmark Hillcrest. Um for okay. a minute. Um uh Laura Together? got me the job there. Yeah, we were Oh wow. only for it was very brief that we overlapped. Um basically okay. she got me the job and then she quit pretty soon after I think. Um yeah. Yep.
2: She was like, <laughs> "I'm out, but you can, stay.
1: <laughs> you can stay." I'm leaving. This is I mean, it's uh, like for your for your low income jobs, working in a movie theater is kind of the best you can do. Like Mm -hmm. see free films. There's a huge break in the middle of the shift because all the films are running. Um, Usually the people are young and cool and the dress code is usually not that bad. And they're usually run by people who are only like half interested in business. You know, like they're like "Eh, profits. Sure. Uh, Whatever, man. So, yeah, it was a good job for the huh. time yeah
0: that's very cool yeah yeah you're um you're much more into like science fiction or fantasy i don't for know how sure. i don't know how people define like like we're just yeah. star wars is that, what, is that sci-fi a, or
1: what's a star war what you...
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, patty lapone and madonna beefing about evita <laughs>
1: Joshua. That's the, That's the kind only kind of of Star
0: Wars we know
2: about. <laughs> wow! Wow!
1: <laughs> wow! Are there yeah. any
2: street men still listening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> where, where <Mrs. laughs>
2: hit <men> at? <laughs> <sighs> oh, is-
1: but yeah, yeah. I'm. A, I was a huge, huge Star Wars fan when I was a kid. Um, still am. Like, I cry a lot when I watched these later movies, <laughs> like Princess Leia, <laughs> she's gone. Um, and I got super into Lord of the Rings um, when it came out. And um, I, it's, I feel like that's when I realized, Oh, I'm a nerd. Like, I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a cool person, but clearly like, I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, cause I was into punk rock. I, I figured they can't be in the same family, but little did I know. um, yeah, so, um, you know, oh, and, you know, the, with the Joss Whedon of it all, I loved Buffy and um, everything that came out of his brain. And, um, yeah, I tend to drift towards sci-fi, um, less with the fantasy. I like the Harry Potter, don't love the Harry Potter, you know, like that kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. It's lots yeah. lots of layers. You can be a nerd and be cool.
1: You can be a nerd and be black. This is awesome. <laughs> I did not know. So... <laughs> My life has been a journey of like. Is the this episode? Being more than one
0: thing. <laughs> I was gonna say, is this the the subtitle? Is this the pull quote? You can be a nerd
2: and be black, and be black. <laughs> people need to know. The,
1: <sighs> the world needs to know. I feel like
2: I feel like a hundred percent of our black guests on this show are nerds. So I feel like. I think that's like, you know, you, I think we only know black nerds.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, you're black. You must be really into sci-fi, right? Like,
0: Uh, If people learn nothing else from Fright School, that's what they'll take away. Great.
1: All black
2: people are nerds. Hey, I mean, it it could be and is a lot worse, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are worse stereotypes out there.
2: I, 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 yeah, it's like, cause it's like, Oh, are you, it's like, are you a nerd and black? Have you read, have you read Octavia Butler? Like, are you, do you get down with Parable of the Sower?
1: Oh my God. Oh God. Oh boy.
0: <laughs> wow. That's a great yeah. place to, to stop. We'll have a real quick break, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back to talk about Cabin in the Woods. That I think it's a nice mix. It's a you know got a lot going on in it. So uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right.
1: Hey everybody, what's up? I'm here too. We are the Jersey Ghouls, a horror podcast based out of the Garden State. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Marissa's scholarly conversations. By the way, if you Google psycho female, you definitely don't get the name of the actress from Psycho. Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Nate's thrilling debate. Why? Why are you so
2: resistant because against it?
1: Because do, don't you start.
2: Join us on Jersey Ghouls for Jackie's love of 80s slasher movie, Topless scene.
1: Whoa, Jackie, this is a feminist podcast. I know. I'm a woman. And as a woman... I appreciate a nice set of jugs. Okay, but you shouldn't call them jugs. Hooters? Mazungas? Tatas? Dirty pillows? Uh, I I like boobs, too. Can can I call them fun bags? No! No! We're the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us on social media by searching Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also find our blog and podcast on our website, jerseyghouls.com.
0: Alright, we are back to discuss The Cabin in the Woods, uh, 2012, horror, comedy, satire, sci-fi, everything. All kinds of stuff is mixed into this. Uh, it's directed by Drew Goddard Goddard, and uh, produced by Joss Whedon, written by the two of them. We've got Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, Anna Hutchinson, Fran Kranz more people, uh, lots of folks are in it and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's exactly what it is. A cabin in the woods. It's about a group of five people. It's like the breakfast club, uh, going to the the cabin in the woods and, you know, horrible things, uh, ensue. Joe,
2: what did you think? Uh, this is another pre fright school film that I have seen. Um, I remember when, uh, I remember watching it on Netflix, um, maybe like a couple years after it was released. Um, and it was just, it was one of the newer things on Netflix. And so I watched it. And I think that was the same day that I watched Teeth as well. Um, ah. I don't know. I was I was on like a little bit of a horror kick for like maybe a day um, on Netflix. So I watched Teeth and then Cabin in the Woods. And Cabin in the Woods um, was great because... I remember it making just so much sense to me. Just like, yeah, this makes the archetypes make sense. I was already kind of familiar with all of that, and like the Virgin, the Final Girl, um, and also like I'm at the time I was just like also a big Joss Whedon fan, so I was watching like Dollhouse with Eliza Dushku on Netflix as well, and um, and it was just like it had all his players in it. It had, um, and I. Mainly watch that because also Fran Krantz is, like, you know, my, like, ideal man. Like, he is just, Aww. like, he's, like, a nerd, but, like, is very, very attractive and endearing. And so, yes, yeah, so, Fran, this is a Fran Krantz, uh stan podcast. And, uh, yeah. Much... Ch- you know, much like uh, nerds can be black, they can also be good looking. Yes, apparently. <laughs> nerds can be black, according to Joe, and this can be look good looking. <laughs> and so, and speaking of which, like I'm, I completely misremembered. So, watching this for the second time because I haven't seen uh, Cabin in the Woods since I first watched it, and watching this the second time, I was like, why did I think the redhead was Felicia Day? Like uh-huh. I. <laughs> Like I have very specific memories thinking that I was like, yeah, at the end of the movie, it's like Fran Krantz and Felicia Day. And then I'm watching this and I'm like, where the fuck is Felicia Day? <laughs> why is it like this? Why is it this Britney snow looking chick? And like, like, oh shit, did I misremember this whole film? Did I, like, Mandela effect
1: that <laughs>
2: Felicia Day was in here? It, it was in this? Um, that would have been awesome, I will say. Wow,
1: it's like, would this movie have been better it's with Felicia Day as the uh, the versions? That's the...
2: I, I think it would have. Um, and then you have, like um the the guy who plays the scholar what's his name jesse williams i think oh yeah uh, and i was like oh yes and then and then i completely forgot that chris uh hemsworth was in this film as the dumb jock and i'm like oh my god there are people in here <laughs> and, like there are <laughs> names in here one name i completely forgot and one i misremembered was even in the show so there you go that's <laughs> that's my experience watching it um uh, early, early this morning, which, by the way, the best part of waking up is a very horror, violent horror film. Um, <laughs> it, it truly is. How many? I wonder,
0: if you could count. Well, I mean, I guess the episodes well no because we've watched a bunch of them together but i wonder how many of your mornings over the last few years have started with horror
1: <laughs> well how
2: many well that's funny right because we we usually record during the daytime it's very rare that we record actually at night spoiler alert, or, you know behind the scenes <laughs> behind magic the scenes, yes. um and and it's just like i think that's also purposeful for me because it's like yeah i'm like wide awake and i don't want to fall asleep and um I know that when I go outside, there's not going to be, like, a killer that I can't see hiding in the shadows. Um, but I think majority, uh, to your point, Joshua, I think majority of the films that we've watched have been during the day.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Starting the day off right. So
0: when I reached out to, uh, to Zakiya to, to be on the show, this was pretty quick. Um, I mean, I think we might have talked about a couple movies, but this was, like, one of the first ones you you threw out. So uh, why? Pourquoi?
1: I think because it's one of the few horror movies that I remember that, like you hadn't already done. Right. I think I might've thrown out get out, which would have been super obvious at that time. Cause it was like, get out had just come out. I think maybe when we were first talking about this. Um But yeah, I um remembered really liking the movie when I saw it, I saw it in the theater, similar reasons, huge Josh Whedon fan. I think this came out before Avengers. So I didn't, also didn't remember that Chris Hensworth was in it. I don't think I knew who he was at the time. Um, I think I saw it with Laura too. Um, but I just really liked the movie. And because it is a, you know, it's sort of a comment on horror, it seemed appropriate for, for Fright School. Yeah. 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 All right. Well,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And rewatching it again, and then kind of trying to think about it on sort of this like meta level. uh, You know, it it reminds me of our first season with when we watched, um, I knew we wanted to do Scream as, as part of the first season, but I knew I didn't want to do it till late. In the, in the season because I wanted Joe to have like the foundations of all the horror that Scream is like satirizing and, and you know, the, the the tropes it's attempting to subvert. And so this is perfect because this is like another one of those movies that if you if you're completely unaware or, or you've never seen any horror movies and you watch this, I mean, I'm sure it could still be an enjoyable experience, you know, just for the balls out insanity of it, uh, you know, but. There's definitely something to knowing, you know, all of these. Joe, you could probably speak to that a little bit of, like, being able to watch it, especially now, because you had seen it before we were doing Fright School. I bet it even makes more sense now to you that you've had this foundation of so many of the the tropes and, and you know, all the different horror films that are kind of wrapped up in this.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, watching it again uh, this morning, I was like, ooh, like, okay, like, I totally get all of the conversations between the two guys in the control room like are that much more rich because Mm -hmm. that's where like it's, there's all the meta stuff. There's all of, you know, the kind of problematic aspects of, of horror and everything. And it just like that stuff was really fun to revisit. um, Having had like, you know, this, you know, however many years, four years, five years we've been doing this now. And, um, it kind of also, like, it also uh, was interesting because it's like, oh, yeah, like, you, these are the different archetypes and um, how that kind of played out in terms of, like, you know, they weren't really how, like, it was also semi-manufactured, like, just because of, like, they said, like, chemist, chem department to, like, basically yeah. get them to, like, release their inhibitions. But, like, prior to that, how they were just kind of, like they were kind of forcing them, like shoehorning them into the roles that they were. Um, I think it comes up at the end of the film where she's like virgin and Sigourney Weaver's like, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> we do what we can <laughs> with what we have. Like, <laughs> you know, we're working because, with what we got. But, yeah. We're working yeah. with what we got because yeah. yeah. And I, it was just so that was, that was interesting. Um, and yeah. So, one thing I one thing I do want to bring up is the um the security the head of security who's there with um not Amy Adams. That's
1: <laughs> Amy, <Adder>. Amy <laughs> yes, Adams? Yes, thank you. Fred. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. I was like it's like not I was like it's like it's that girl from a person of interest/not slash not Amy Adams. Um and so uh, with her and the security guard that's there and him just being like having that like skepticism that's like that's like something that uh, is bringing in a little bit of like I just saw something of uh, on Twitter about like, you know, yeah, my husband was completely skeptical of, you know, going into this house. And thanks to his skepticism, we were saved. And then the Twitter commenter was like, oh, just. Just out of curiosity, is your husband black? And she's like, Yes. His like <laughs> his, like healthy <laughs> skepticism of and suspicions of people help and I was like, this is kind of also maybe a commentary on that as well. Like he's the one who's just there, like, Okay, I'm here to protect all of you, but I see that all of you are completely insane and this is nuts that we even have to do this. And I don't know if that's I, I'm I'm curious to throw this out to the room to see if am I the only one that thinks that might be a commentary on something or is it just like he, is it just that like the security person will always be that person who's, who has a healthy skepticism?
1: Yeah, that's it. I always, um, that character in this movie always is a little odd to me. Cause it's like, what's the, you know, he's sort of casting doubt on it, but like, doesn't really, I feel like doesn't quite fit that role of like, you know, the, The black skeptic or the whatever he's just he's sort of a moral compass but he doesn't have motivations and stuff um so it's a little weird um i was i think the whole control room aspect like they're all the directors in the audience you know like like it's like this this like commentary on like how we make films and how we consume films And the monster maybe belief is, like, below is, like, the executives or something or, like, um, whatever. But, yeah, the security guard character always never really landed for me, Um, Mm. uh, especially when everything else is sort of interesting and has a point and is very specific. Um, It seemed like I never quite could jump on. And then he's dead, you know. So,
2: um, yeah. Do we, do we think that that's intentional, that like every, pretty much everybody's white in these, in this control room? Yeah,
1: because Because like,
2: that's a, that's a really good point, um, Zakia, about like how, it, is this also a meta commentary on the film industry in general? Because like, who's pulling the strings, who's creating the narrative? And it's like these two, you know presumably cis heterosexual white men that are just kind of like pulling everything. And, you know, a lot of it, how kind of corporate it all seems. That's the other thing too, is like, they've made, they managed to make like man, uh, fantasy and magic, uh, corporate,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: And yeah. I, yeah, it's so, it's so interesting, like all of, and, and my favorite part of the film has always been at the end when all of the monsters are released and kind of seeing, you know, the, the chaos that ensues, uh, and that part. Yeah, I, um, I really, I really do agree,
0: uh, with the, um, the, the meta commentary on, on movie making, uh, cause I, but, well, I mean, Sigourney Weaver's character is called the director, you know, mm-hmm. so it's uh. like she's like the director, you know, so there is this idea that that's exactly what's happening. You know, the people that are running the control room, they're like every, all of the, you know, the people who make movies happen, you know, they're running the cameras, you know, those two guys are like, you know, the writers or whatever, you know, and so they're kind of trying to, they're working with what they have, you know, as as the, as the five, you know, these five uh, sacrifices, I guess you could call them, right. you know, kind of enter this place, they're having to, they're making choices. So depending on the objects they pick up in the basement or the things they interact with, they have to be, you know, kind of on it to to make the next steps. Um, but I kind of, I feel like the ancient ones are almost like the audience in a way. It's like the, the, they're having to appease us, you know, watching the films because we're, all, in in all in all the years of making these types of films, you know, there's always and and, and 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 Cabin in the Woods does this really well of like why do why do people do stupid things? You know when he, and and I think Chris Hemsworth character is one of them where he's like let's all stick together and then they release some <laughs> kind of chemical. He's like never mind, let's split up. You know and. <laughs> so there's like all of this like meta commentary on like creating horror films and you know sometimes they succeed sometimes they fail why what are the different reasons also cabin in the woods is very specific to american film you know that it's about you know they're comparing to what's going on in sweden or what's going on in japan which i think there's a nice joke about japan Mm -hmm. in there with like 98 or something when like there was such a massive domination of J-horror coming into the United States because our horror just sucked at the time. And I, I think that's the comment that's kind of being made, that that time frame of like the late 90s and, you know, just that domination of the ring and um, the grudge and the eye and <laughs> You know all of these awesome Japanese horror films that that just you know entranced America, and we kept remaking them. Uh, but there's also other comments about like the chem tra- like the chem, uh, not chemtrails, the like the pheromones to get them to be in, in, uninhibited and to do different things. You know, so they're all kind of controlling to to different levels of success to to make this happen, so they can have this sacrifice and appease the appease the old ones. Um, which I, I don't know. I think. Is a nice reading for our engagement. And then, of course, audience members, we become creators, you know, people that grew up watching horror films, they become writers, they become directors. So they're in there trying to, you know, make it better than the last thing that they saw, you know, and also, but they're also desensitized. You know, so I don't know. I think there's a bit of a mix between mm-hmm. like what you're saying with like the people in the control room being both audience and like directors, writers, creators, because they're so desensitized. Like they're just sitting there like we're mur- like we're all actively engaging in the murder and torture of these people, but we're laughing or we're just like, well, that was stupid. Like <laughs> We're betting on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Betting on it. That was great. That whole sequence.
1: I think when, when the, the, the part that made me feel most like they were the audience is, is the whole thing with the, um, the blonde woman, um, and her boobs, you know, and like, uh, and when, when it becomes like, like they're like, well, we have to do this, but we can't, what, like, like there's this mix of like they're enjoying it, but they have to do it. They have, you know, like, so I feel like that's also, as an audience member, you're also like, complicit in um both like realizing it's a trope a a, a trope and that it's um bad and um cliche but also uh you know it is sexualized it is for you it is like why people go to movies so you know I feel like there's that 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 in particular I think was an interesting um little thread yeah, nope, and that, absolutely. And
0: with the tying in yeah. of like how the men who create these movies like insist on there being this nudity as well, you know, yeah. so it's like there's there's lots. I love that. That's a great, yeah. a great
2: yeah. uh, point. Sorry, Joe, I interrupted you. Oh, no, I um to your point, uh, Zakia. like that's, that's kind of what's interesting to me about just like horror and the horror community in general yeah. is that there's a lot of. It's a lot of, like, you, 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 it, I don't want to say cognitive dissonance, but it's, like, definitely that idea of, like, you're complicit in the exploitation, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you're also fully aware that this is some, you, you kind of are expecting it, or you want it, to, you know that it has to happen, or it's part of, and we've just, um like, you know, we just accepted that it's a part of the genre in some way. Um, so it's interesting cause it's like, you know, there are, there are definitely filmmakers and writers and artists that are out there that are like trying to turn that on its head and to like, you know, be, um, tell different stories and, you know, are dealing with that idea of representation. Um, but it's so interesting, like, as you say it in this film where it's just like, it's, we know that this is wrong, but we know we have to do it. Um, we know that we're complicit, but we also are consuming because it, it is technically for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, that's really good insight, and I think uh, just speaks to what's going on right now, too. Yeah.
1: On the issue of color, of race and color on this movie, um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it, and i I think this movie is annoyingly colorblind. Actually, like I think, like I think you were tr- you were trying to. Um, like similarly with jesse williams 's character the the black character um, when I first watched it, I fully expected there to either be a joke about him being the first one killed or there be some sort of you know some sort of um, acknowledgement of the the fact that this character is black and the fact that like you know black people have played a certain role in um, in horror movies traditionally, and I mean, I guess Scream covered that pretty well, so maybe it just felt too hacky to include in this, but because there is no other real, there, yeah, we've got two black characters, um, they're, they're completely color, you know, like, I, I, I feel like the, the story was written, and then they're like, we'll just get two black actors to do this to fulfill our diversity quota, and, um, and, uh, and, this is all pre Black Lives Matter and like this whole revolution around like, you know, diversity and storytelling. And I think like it's definitely a glaring problem of movies of, of, of that time period and television shows of that time period of not being able to write about black people and black experiences or anybody's experience other than the white experience. Um, um, I think that's just, you know, unfortunately, this movie isn't it's smart in so many ways, but just not this way.
0: Yeah. That's such a good point because you would think that that would be an easy avenue to have this conversation. I don't know. It's because yeah. it was eight years ago and before, like, yeah. you know, horror noir and and that whole, you know, exploration. Get out uh, and all that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just um, I bring up horror noir because it's like, you know, a, an examination of the black role in horror, uh, you yeah. know, in a, in a variety of ways, you know, before that sort of understanding Um, or analysis had, had emerged, um, that I, I don't know, um, because, because it is so glaring that, that is such a joke. That joke has has existed before Cabin in the Woods that like, oh, Mm -hmm. a black person in horror, they're going to be the first one to die. That was in Scream 2 right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. That was like, what, 98, 97, 99, somewhere around there of, you know, Jada, uh, Pinkett, um, Smith's whole, um. Rant about white people and the in the mask. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's white. <laughs> I want a <an> all-, <laughs> all black movie, all black cast, black eyed peas, like the whole thing. You know, <laughs> it's like this. The, the conversation has existed, and and mm-hmm. you're right. Scream did do it, but this was such a good opportunity to to explore maybe. On, and maybe that's just something that Joss Whedon and and the the writers just don't have mm-hmm. the analysis because I think that that would be very interesting to be like attempt to answer why. You know, not that it really does, because obviously they have this whole rule about you know, quote unquote, the whore, and she has to die first. I, it's not like mm-hmm. they really explore too well, like mm-hmm. the role of women and the role of the of the of the um, um, destruction of like freeing female sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have a bigger conversation about that either. Mm-hmm. But there's opportunity, mm-hmm. and and I do think that the um, that that Jesse's character could have provided um, what was his name, Holden. Um, Holden's character, they could have had a bigger conversation. That could have been very interesting and really amusing. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Joss Whedon in that way. So um, as, as a fan of his work, Zakiya, is that something that is missing in other? Like, is this just you know, a failing of his as a writer or...
1: I would say in general, like the stuff he writes is pretty, you know, white centric, you know, colorblind, whatever. But um I, I, what I, I, re- I rewatched Angel, I think last year. And um there's a character gun on, uh, who's a black guy from the ghetto, Um, which in it, rewatching it and that show is pretty old now. It was really well done. Like they do a lot of like exploration of like his relationship with, you know, this group of people he's with that are, you know, Majority white, they're not from the neighborhood he's from, um, his obligations to, um, his old life, um, they don't, he's not tokenized. He, like, I, I think it's a really well done, well rounded character that is truly black and not, um, you know, someone else's idea of what black is. Um, but, um, but, um, other than that though, I think what typically happens in his stuff before Cabin in the Woods is, you know, your typical like black people are sidekicks. They appear in one episode. They're not actually black. Um, <laughs> they're they're white characters with, you know, played by black people with really nice hair. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I have this whole thing about black hair and um, the casting of black women, but uh, <laughs> not exactly relevant to this. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I w- would love to have that conversation. That's uh, I, I. That sounds very interesting. Um, <laughs> it's,
2: we'll have to find a reason to, you know. I well, might. Well, <laughs> I might. I think I know where you're going with it, but we'll just let we'll just let like people who don't get it just kind of wonder, and we'll have you on for another thing.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. We'll find. A, I'll find a movie. That has like the 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 woman I'm thinking of, and we can discuss at length.
0: <laughs> All right, I dig it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but okay, so to kind of answer the question, yeah, it's not necessarily his his strong suit or the people maybe okay. that he surrounds okay. himself in the writers' room, and not that I mean I'm not trying to like. Demonize Joss Whedon for that or yeah. anything like that. Plenty, plenty of uh, white writers, you know, have these have this blindness. Plenty of men cannot write women. Plenty of you know, yeah. like I mean, these are they're It's you know, it's just a function of experience and of how tapped in you are to that uh, to others' experiences to be able to write it better or um, or know to stay away from it and hire mm-hmm. people to write hire other people. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the message. Hire yeah. people of color to write people of color. That's your, yes. your one.
2: <laughs> I think, I think it was like Joss Whedon was, uh, part of me just thinks like, you know, bringing this up and how his work is like very a racial, like very not, mm-hmm. um, white centric as white is like the default, right? So Mm -hmm. um, being a racial, but just thinking about it, it's like he, it's almost as if he was working so hard to try not to be this, like, to try to like, not be this like misogynist Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Mm -hmm. it completely like, Oh, like, Oh, okay. No misogyny, but definitely a little bit of racism. (laughs) (laughs) All of the white women do really well. (laughs) Um, Cause I think about dollhouse um, where, which is like you know the premise of dollhouse is that like these people have basically signed their lives away to be like shells for different personalities and then you know fodder for the rich but like even in that regard it's like they had one um they had one like um i guess asian character who um which is also like in and of itself kind of problematic because of, you know, the idea of the like exoticized um, the exoticized oriental harlot type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting and fascinating how like I can't even recall one um one person of color that wasn't her in the entire series. Um I might have to do a rewatch cuz it's been a while but yeah, I never uh, watched that so yeah.
1: I, I watched it and I really liked it and I also can't recall any other there must have been. But like I don't yeah, I, I can't I'm not seeing it in my brain at all.
2: Because like, you know, let's let's just go down the brass text, right? If you were like if you're going to run basically a like type of Westworld where you can hire mm-hmm. out, you know, someone to do your bidding and have every fantasy, like, you know, there's going to be some sick fucks out there who want to do something to like people of color. Right. So like, let's, yeah. let's just have that be, <laughs> let's just, let's just call it what it is. And it's so fascinating that because that, like, that's where kind of think Westworld succeeded in its narrative of that is that they did show, um they showed like that problematic nature of like, you know, uh native first nation peoples and all of those things. So anyway, we're we're way off way off in here, but it's it's <laughs> such a good topic. But it's you know we're, we're back to the horror. Joshua, back get us back. The, get back us back to the
1: white. Back to the white men.
2: Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Oh man. No, I, this is all great because it does play into what this again the 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 meta conversation this film is having. You know whether it's. It's successful on some fronts, obviously lacking on others, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is something that is true about culture and true particularly about horror films, you know, and, you know, that this is kind of, I think it'd be interesting to have this film remade in different places. Like, you know, they show a little bit of the of the Japanese uh ritual, you know, mm-hmm. and that the, the the the, girls in the school, you know, band together and they defeat whatever it is, you know. So they the, the the ritual's not gonna happen
2: over there, you know. But I kinda like wanna watch
1: that movie though. Right. <laughs> I yeah. Wanna
2: <laughs> I wanna watch a bunch of like little Japanese schoolgirls defeat like um this evil spirit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can. I mean, there are definitely films that like like be, if you've watched Japanese horror in, in Japanese, like in the original, not like an American remake, there there're definitely things that are there that are represented by those little glimpses that we're getting, you know, it just kind of deepens that for you. But it's like I want to know what the Swedish did. Like what was that storyline? I want to know what happens in African horror, what happens in, yeah. you know, Korean horror, you know what, what happens in French horror. You know what well, we know. What happens in French horror? Everybody dies uh, horribly, miserably, <laughs> skinned. Uh, it's all terrible, um, and it's all a comment on Islamophobia. Um, but but uh, you know, but but seriously like I, I'm curious like you know how this how this movie does actually look in other parts of the world because it is it's right. having a uniquely American perspective with these little glimpses and obviously our horror has been also informed by so many other places you know so many stories that we've carried with us for so long and that have you know have made its way into these archetypes in horror so I just I, I love that this this seemingly kind of silly movie the cabin in the woods I mean it's so like could it be called anything more you know, like <laughs> five kids are gonna be stabbed to death uh, in the woods. Like, you know, it's like it couldn't have a more obvious like title to have this major conversation <laughs> brewing in it.
1: Well, and you talk about America and like our you know, the their weapon in this is the zombie what are they zombie redneck uh murdering family, <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever they are? Which, is-
2: which was I was like <laughs> the pain worshipping zombie rednecks.
1: <laughs> yeah, there. That's that's American. That's super American. That's like that's what I fear. You know, so I think it's it's absolutely. It, it would be. Yeah, I would love to see like the the. I'd love to see this movie again with informed by the you know get out of the world you know like in you know Oscar still white we're in that we're in a post 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 racial uh cinematic time (laughs) so i would love to see this revisited in that in that sort of um not actually made like a remake but you know what i mean um you know take these some of these really smart ideas and like also include race and uh, analysis into it um there's not a lot of gender analysis in this which is also like usually um joss whedon is a little better at but again he didn't write it so it's um just easier to talk about him because i know more about his work so
0: well he co-wrote it. He worked he it was oh, his script with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. with the director Drew Goddard or Drew oh, okay. Goddard. I was mixing Josh Sweden and Drew together. <laughs> um yeah, so he did he did write it. Um yeah which i agree i mean you know but it's one of those things where it's like oh sigourney weaver turns out to be the one behind you know directing yeah. the whole thing but it's like yeah where where is that conversation that's why it's like with the virgin and the and the horror complex this whole mm-hmm. thing like you know i i think we could have explored that a little bit more um you know just because that is such such a trope you know and there's plenty of writing out there on it you know there's plenty of of discussions about gender and horror and um you know Mm -hmm. why we need to demonize women and why you know what i mean not the need sorry i'm speaking in terms of cultural consciousness anxiety not like i come to horror to see women suffer Uh, (laughs) but there is a real like that is a that is a that is a thing that is a trope you know that could have been explored i also love this idea and this is also very american that like all the other like rituals failed across the world. They all failed. They all stopped their monster. So America is the last hope. (laughs) I just love that. It's like, we, we have to do this. We have to murder these five kids to save the whole world. That is so this like political like conversation (laughs) about like, no, like we have to blow up everybody else for freedom and for democracy and for to to save us and it's just i don't know i'm not sure if they mean to have that conversation but it's just like nobody else in the world can do it we have to do it murder those kids
1: i feel like it's slightly better than like some other um you know like really popular, I'm thinking of Independence Day, right, where it's like, it's not even, it's not even a question that America's (laughs) going to do this, and that this is America, and and only America, and America, 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 right? At least this one is like, hey, like, we've thought about that, and yes, the same thing is happening in other countries, and they're trying to work it out, too, and we're going to see who wins. So at least there's like an acknowledgement that maybe somewhere else in the world, people are working on the same problem as you. Right. Um, can't help but thinking about the COVID now. Um but um but yeah, it it also it also sort of then becomes the stereotype of like, well then America's gonna get it done.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: We have no choice but to get it done.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty brilliant. Like I just yeah rewatching it again because I remember seeing it when it came out, and then I watched it a few years ago, and then I just watched it a few days ago. And I was like, man, I was like, this movie. I really, really like this movie a lot more than I remember when I first saw it. Uh, especially in thinking about like, because I'm constantly thinking like this now. <laughs>
1: like every <laughs>
0: every horror movie I see, it's like I start thinking about you know all these different things about it. And what what angle can we come at you know? Uh, so it it is. It's very fun, and I just and I really love how it ends. I love this cynical. You know what? Let's spark a doob and fuck it. <laughs> spark a doob and fuck it, man. What are we going to do? Like, you know, it's like these two people, like, we we can't save the world. We, you know, it's just, it, ugh, we're we just won not worth by it.
1: Everybody losing. That's how right. we won.
0: <laughs> I just, that, it's just such a nice feels, little moment.
1: That feels kind of very American now, <laughs> a little bit. Like, like, like I have my freedom. I'm gonna smoke pot on these stairs,, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else happens?
0: yeah, yeah oh it's my a, we, God. Really, we really yeah, <laughs> we'll just see you know <laughs> just let the let the
2: rest of the world burn ultimately <laughs> this this movie is about America <laughs> it is controlled oh, by boy. whites. <laughs>
1: and... <sighs> <laughs> our oh, heroes man. succeed by destroying the world. Yeah, It was cool though that it added a little bit so like the last, like after once we sort of get what's happening, once they're down in the elevator shaft and um, um, you realize you start to realize that all the people in the control room and blah, blah, blah they're not evil or bad they're like protecting people like when um I don't re- remember the dude's name, but when he when he says to her, kill him, like you're like, What the fuck? <laughs> like like it's like it adds this emotional layer to the movie that a lot of horror movies just lack, you know, it's like right. you know, it is evil, there's there's good and there's evil. This was um by throwing like when when they actually reveal what the what the goal is, you're sort of like, Well fuck. I, I don't know what I want to happen. And it really throws the ending into, like, I just didn't know. I didn't know what the ending would be. And I didn't know uh, what I wanted at the end of the film, which is a hard thing to pull off in horror, you know?
0: That's uh yeah, that is, that is very true. That's a, that's a good, uh, a good point.
2: <laughs> because if he, I mean, he's going to die to either way. Up to that, you know? Yeah. He's gonna die either way, so why not I, I feel like this has been said in a film, but like but why not let your death mean something? Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean this is yeah, it, it it's definitely playing on that idea of like let's sacrifice the few for the many, which is very Judeo Christian, very mm-hmm. much a conversation we're having in the COVID um in the COVID time as well. Um yeah, maybe this maybe this movie is about America. <laughs> <laughs> and all the confuse, the
0: confusion, you know, of uh, I'm just trying to do what you think is right. <laughs>
2: Alexa <laughs> playing degrees of success. <laughs> Alexa, play This Is America by Charlie Gambino. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's also yes. this thing of like you're trying to save yourself, you're trying to do the right thing, you're trying to do all this shit to Make it, and then you find out you just fucking everybody else over. Like, like this thing that you're working on, you know, like, you know, so many things in, you know, under capitalism, you can be doing a thing and think you're doing a pretty good job at it, and then it's used for something awful. Like, it's, yeah. So, yeah. It
0: sucks. No, totally. Wow. Oh my gosh. This was, this was a great conversation, folks. I hope, I hope, dear listener, you, you are, uh, have enjoyed this. Uh, go back and rewatch the cabin of the woods with all these thoughts. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty, uh, yeah. You thought you were just oh. watching
1: a bunch of monsters.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, I do love uh, a little trivia that, um, AFX Studio worked on this to do the uh visual uh, the uh, uh sorry special effects monster costumes makeup prosthetics and that is uh the company owned by Heather Langenkamp uh who played Nancy in uh, Nightmare on wow. Elm Street and her husband David uh Leroy Anderson so I don't know mm-hmm. little little trivia kind of nice that uh, that I uh that the woman who did the special effects has done so much to like uh, it's such a massive archetype, you know, in yeah. horror. I just think that's a nice little
1: <laughs>
0: touch cool. of trivia, you know. Does
1: uh. your does your little internet there tell you? Um, I'm oh, I was curious because they're using a lot of different intellectual properties, right? Like the the all those monsters and stuff are from different, um, you know, different. Like they all existed before. So was there any kind of legal battle, or are they all of like? Do they all belong to Disney or something ridiculous? <laughs> um, like, I, I just, I never, I never really did much um, research around this movie. Like, so I don't know any of the like backstories.
0: You know, I think that the they. I feel like they weren't exact. I think they were just, like, types, mm. you know? Because, like, for instance, instead of using, like, le- le- um, uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser, they have those those creatures that he had, like, the... Um, uh-huh saw blades like jammed in his head and he was carrying that circular configuration. Uh-huh. I think that was like a take on the Cenobites. So it's not okay. exactly. So I think, you know, and you have like little creepy kids and little creepy goblins and monsters and things. I I'm not sure that they were actual intellectual property of anything okay. else. I'd have Got to go back it. and look. I don't see anything. It looks like they designed a lot of different things, but that they, they had wanted them to, to be reminiscent. Cause I remember, mm-hmm. um, Although I wasn't, I feel like, isn't there like a shining
1: thing in there?
2: There, There's like a shining thing. Um,
0: well, no, actually, I think it was just tons of blood. But I think it is meant to be reminiscent of it. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure if it's meant to actually be anything from it. Because I always thought that when mm-hmm. I when I see that thing, at least that's what I think of as the Cenobites from Hellraiser. Uh, but mm-hmm. they obviously are not. But they are very much in that kind of style with the leather and kind of the mutilations and things like that but i don't know i'd have to look i I don't see anything in in what i'm reading from it but um sounds good kind of a yeah that's but it's a great question i do know there was a a lawsuit filed from a guy who wrote a book that he thought was uh that they stole from but i think that it was a dismissed um Oh, uh, well, here it says, so there's a, uh, an article 34 things we learn from like the commentary on, on this, the, on the DVD or whatever. Uh, so Whedon, uh, notes that the, their version of pinhead is the closest the film comes to an actual shout out, but they argue oh. that pinhead has become such a part of the mythos of American horror that the cabin in the woods counterpart fits in with the rest of the monsters. Um, Otherwise, there are some things like the Huron, a Native American warrior that became the first American monster, is included in the film as well. But otherwise, I think they're just um, illusions. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. But overall, but very cool because you do definitely if you've seen a lot of horror, you recognize and you get it. You know, yeah. you get kind of what they're doing. So. Yeah.
1: It's oh. it's such a orgy of horror at the end. Like yes. I'm, I'm all about the I'm all about the big ideas and stuff. And then like I'm like, oh yeah, this movie's gory. I forgot that there was blood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but there's a ton of yeah.
0: it. Yeah, a ton yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was awesome. We're so glad that you uh, spent this time with us instead of doing your responsibilities, whatever they were. <laughs>
1: I, I got up early one. and did
0: homework so I could <laughs> so I could feel gu- guiltless.
1: <laughs> good, for <you. laughs> oh, good for you. Can we talk for another seven hours so I don't have to go back to doing my responsibility?
0: <laughs> of course. That
1: would be, that'd be good for me. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh so much fun. All right, folks. Well, uh thanks as always for for listening, for tuning in. Um we you keep an eye out Tuesday on the horror movie night podcast uh, on YouTube because you might see some familiar voices on there. <laughs> you might see those voices. Yes. Yes. You might actually see them. Um, we'll put more details about that in the in the comments. Uh, otherwise, uh, thank you so much, Zakiya. Um, Joe, as always. I adore thee. I miss being able to be in the same room with people doing this. <laughs> this would have been fun if we could have watched it together and then recorded, you know. I miss oh. that. Oh
2: this is a <sighs> this is one that's definitely like a you need to watch it with more people. Yeah, because yeah. it's fun, yeah.
0: you know. So all right. Well, thank you as always. Um oh should should I try to get a photo real quick? Yes, Hi. let's get a get a photo, Joshua. <laughs> That was highly entertaining for our listeners. Uh, check out uh, us on Instagram and you'll, you can look at pictures. Uh, All righty. Good, Good night. Good night.
1: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.